With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. The moment you've been waiting for all season is right around the corner. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55, is bringing back their golden ticket giveaway with up to $55 million in prizes up for grabs. All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings' free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you'll get a free instant prize up to $25,000. Yes, you heard me, $25,000. And if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million. (laughs) Download the app now, enter the free prediction challenge, answer questions like who will score last, and boom, get ready to make it rain. DraftKings has paid over $7 billion to its players since 2012, so they know a thing or two about big paydays. Download DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use promo code THPN now and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge. Only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the Super Bowl 55. Terms, condition, and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Calling all Jets fans and foodies. What's going on, guys? I'm Brandon Rewicki, the host of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. Look, if you love Jets hockey, this is the place for you. In-depth breakdowns from every game, a deep dive into the big plays and moments from Winnipeg's season, and all the Jets talk you will not find anywhere else. We got it for you on Skates and Plates. Plus, if you love carbs and everything tasty, we jump into the world of food as well. Once a week, we also speak with a member of the local culinary scene to highlight their great stories and the great food they put out. So there it is. Hockey, Jets, food, drink, everything good in life. It's right here on Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, joined by my co-host, Corey, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. doing buddy i'm doing good uh can't wait to get into talking about this i had a rough night last night but uh i'm fine today how are you i'm pretty good i want to know why your why your night was so rough all right dude cool um so last night i like woke up and i just had like the worst stomach pains and um so i was on the chair 
and did my thing. We'll go as far as that. Um, all right, so I want to know if this is just a southern remedy or if this is a Canadian thing or something you've heard of. When your stomach hurts so bad, do you, if you have tile in the bathroom, put your stomach on the cold tile and just chill there for a while, play on your phone on the ground? Is that just a southern thing? That sounds like a pissed drunk thing. Okay, so like growing up down here, like all, everybody I know down here has done it. Like you got the worst stomach pains, like regardless of what you ate, you know, you just, you just, it's not having it, having a bad time. Grandmas, Mimi's, Nana's, whatever you want to call them are all like, we'll just pull you, you know, pull your shirt up and just lay on the ground with your stomach on the cold tile. Always make you feel better. Swear to God, that's like a 10 minute remedy and that shit always works. Wouldn't it be like, warm after like 30 seconds though nah dude like so surprisingly tiles down here stay cold so like yeah it's oh, gonna get it's tiles, gonna get tiles just made different in the south sure i don't know why because i guess the humidity rises so everything super low to the ground it's just cold cold no i don't know um but it's like i'm not you, you'd be smart about it you know like you're not just don't lay in the same spot move like a little snake a little bit you know get like a oh you ooh. slither so no. maybe it's not maybe it's not the cold that's no, like I mean, easing your stomach. It's like you're like <laughs> stretching it out by like slithering across the ground. No, I don't mean slither the whole time. I mean like if the shit's getting hot in that one spot, just fucking move like a quarter inch, you know? No, like, I choose to believe you slither like the Grinch. I am too fat to fucking slither <laughs> in this bathroom. So um yeah, dude. Just a little cold towel on the tummy, 15 minutes, dude. You're getting back up, taking your final toilet break, and you're going lay back down, feeling satisfied. So I got to know, how cold is it today in New Orleans? Let's pull the weather up. Or was it, we'll say, because it is later now. Uh, well, while, we, while I look this up, it has been back and forth lately. Um, it was like we had like a small cold front got down to uh, the 40s which was real nice, no sweat in those weeks. Then two or three days ago, it uh, jumped up to the 70s. So once again, like not a lot of sweat, but still kind of nasty because of the humidity. So right now it's 58 degrees. It's 14 degrees for Canadians. The humidity is 63%. And that's the same in Canada. (laughs) oh my jealousy of you right now why can't do nothing out here in this weather i got it's like i I can hit with a spitball all day i got out of my house at eight o'clock this morning to go to work and i opened my door to about a foot and a half of snow how, how does that feel in the morning? And like, it was like minus 15. <laughs> and I just wanted to roll back into my bed. But instead, as every Canadian has experienced, you know, like it's always when you're running late too, you wake up. I was about to say, did you have to like move shit off your car? 
I had to spend 10 minutes scraping like ice off my like windshield and like and like it's always when it's like freezing fucking cold out too and you're running late so you're out there in like a thin jacket with no gloves and just like fucking scraping your car okay cool i want to i want to continue this topic i've never experienced it like this what is like what is like a a hack for getting snow off the windshield and shit there is no hack no no i I, I see on like instagram and shit these like gen z kids are like taking ziplocs with hot hot water and just rubbing it and it just I don't see, I don't, see nice. how, I don't see how that's a hack though because like you, the amount of time you would have to put into that like you have to like boil water mm-hmm. and then like i don't have fucking time to boil rot water i'm already like 10 uh, minutes okay late to work. cool next one how long does it take to get hot water when it's that cold outside like in the house mm-hmm. well it's not that cold in the house mm. I figured because of your pipes and shit. Um, don't like, mind me. This I, is all might, new shit. Like, I don't... I've never really thought about it. I feel like pipes in Canada are probably, like, treated better to, like, resist the cold. Mm-hmm. Plus, like, usually, like, it's, like, your water's, like... Fuck, what's it called? Oh, I'm gonna get uh, criticized for my age here and not knowing this. But, like, the thing that heats up your water... <laughs> is like inside our house the the name is a hot water heater the water heater thank you hot water heater baby um yeah it's like in our house so all right i was outside that's fucking awesome well Um, like but i mean some houses inside i mean it's it's not uncommon down here to have them inside i'm scared to have them inside but is what it is shoulder um well because like i don't I don't think it could be outside because, like, water, like, ice, water is the only liquid. Science with Mason. Lions, 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 rare. Don't know where that came from. Water is the only liquid that expands when it's in its solid state, right? Mm -hmm. So if we had a bunch of fucking pipes filled with water outside in the winter, they would just explode in our yard. (laughs) And I know this because. I have seen images of people who have left their, like, so, like, hoses in Canada. And shit. Yeah, their hoses. If you don't drain them before winter, like, get all the water out, come wintertime, they just fucking, like, and just explode. Because mm-hmm. the ice just expands and destroys them. Okay, so I w- one yeah. more question about the, the windshield. I saw one time someone sprayed um, like a degreaser on the windshield and homie just went into his car, turned it on and turned the wiper blades on and the shit just like, like just peeled off. I feel like that'd be so horrible for your car though. It's gotta be, but you know, I also saw maybe that's a, I saw someone's hack. Someone my age, their hack was if you don't want ice on your car, Throw salt on the windshield. Does I know that'll eat your fucking paint and your your. It's salt is a corrosive. Yeah, like just <laughs> fucking destroy, rust out your car like no tomorrow. Well, we, now that you're saying hack, you ever heard of the movie Hackers? And have you seen it? 
no and no. Dude, one day you'll have to find it one day and just watch it. That's all I ask. <laughs> it's got Matthew Lillard in it. Only character that really matters in that film. Hack the planet. Anyway, let's uh let's move on to something else. Uh, before we started talking, uh, before we started this episode, uh, I guess, folks, we can just, just start by saying this. Uh, we're going to get to a little bit of Habs topic. There's, you know, we haven't had a game since last episode. We're about to go into a game today when you guys are listening. Because but, uh, fuck that, like, what, five-day break? I think it was what a four or five, bullshit? and it's been boring. And I'm going to just state it now that I'm afraid of the type of uh, play we're going to have. I know that we've probably been practicing and shit. But, like, to not have a game in that long of a time, it and almost feels like a Christmas break type of thing, all-star break. So, like, I don't want us going into this game a little sluggish. And to go against a team like Calgary with the talent they have as fired up as they are after that two-game series with Toronto, which um, – would be sorry. fired up after uh, a Toronto yeah. series anyway. Yeah. Awesome. Um, all right, so just before we get into any more of that, uh, so apparently <laughs> you tell me about the stock market and how – Oh, things have been happening. <laughs> I just couldn't oh. <laughs> help but laugh because I didn't know what the fuck was happening in the world. But apparently, um, what you said, EB Games or Game GameStop. Yeah, so I'm not going to do this justice, but I like highly recommend. This is something if you're on Twitter, you've probably seen it. Um, if just after the episode, or even just pause this episode, and just look up GameStop stocks because. Essentially, um, I'm not like if there's anyone who knows anything about the stock market, I'm sorry for butchering your interest and like probably making you wince when I try to explain this. But basically, these like big banks and uh, like some hedge hedge funds just started selling short on GameStop and like they bet on it um, tanking and basically they were tanking the stock price while doing it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what GameStop is, GameStop is like a video game, game place. What's that? It's a game prison. Yeah, you go there, you buy games. It's like EB Games kind of. And a uh, community on Reddit that is devoted to talking about stocks and making memes. And if you have any sort of experience with Reddit, you would kind of understand the community. It's a jokey, sarcastic, kind of a meme-driven community. Uh, they decided um, <laughs> they were going to say fuck you to these big um, corporations. And they all invested, like a <laughs> shit ton of people invested into GameStop <laughs> and drove the stock price up 200%. They, a bunch of them have made literal millions of dollars off of this. And needless to say the hedge funds and banks are pissed they've lost collectively over five billion dollars and they're like claiming like insider trading and they're pissed they're so butthurt and it's just awesome to see all these people on the internet who just don't give a shit because they're like whatever you're billionaires you're crying it's just I don't know. I just thought it was fucking hilarious. Corey clearly does. He's giggling away over there. Well, so I'm looking at I'm looking at it right now, and it has been just terrible, terrible since December 31st. It was super fucking low, but below 100. Um, and then January 27th, 
this shit skyrocketed to almost 400 right now it's sitting at 347 dollars and 51 cents usd that's plus 199.53 percent so <laughs> oh yeah the internet <laughs> remains undefeated oh that's Do funny not fuck with the internet it's funny, but if I'm if I'm being honest, and this is a fucking nerd hot take, if any company should go bankrupt, it's fucking them because there's nothing worse than buying a fucked up game from them and going back and and having the hassle of dealing with those people. Oh, you don't have a, a reward. You're not a rewards member, so we can't we can't really help you. No, I think it's fucking hilarious. I'm sorry. Terrible place. And it's not the only place that they've been doing it to slash done it to, too. Like, fucking, I think Blockbuster, for some reason. <laughs> they started buying a shit ton of Blockbuster stuff. Did you ever experience a Blockbuster before in your life? Oh, fuck. How young do you think I am? You're 18. That's 10, 11 years younger than me now. Uh, Blockbuster didn't close that long ago. I remember Blockbuster quite vividly. Dude, then that means you still had like that good childhood, because Blockbuster was like fucking better than the mall when we were kids. <laughs> like, let me I just, just sorry, I just looked up Blockbuster because I was trying to see when it closed. Uh huh. And the the article I see Blockbuster stock surge surprises staff at last remaining <laughs> Blockbuster store. <laughs> It's awesome. That's um, fucking amazing. So I'm this old, right? So I mean, Blockbuster, it was it was just trendy when I was a kid. You know, like it was already big market. Um, I remember as a kid when Pokemon Snap came out, they had these Snap stations inside the the Blockbusters, and you would basically buy this what looked like a credit card with like the original uh starter pokemon on it plus pikachu because whatever and um i remember i had my bulbasaur card and you would bring it in your shitty little fisher price wallet you know because you're a young ass kid and you'd pull it out you put it in the game and it would have all your saved things on there so like you basically could play the game every time you went there and it was fucking awesome i just remember that vividly as a kid yeah, I um, I remember Blockbuster like it's just like it was like a library of movies. Mm-hmm. That's how I would describe it. And I actually, my favorite story about Blockbuster was they had a chance to um buy a controlling share of net of Netflix. And in like when Netflix like first was first kicking off for like, mm-hmm. it was like a marginal amount of money, like a couple million dollars and they turned them down. And then in like 10 years later, Blockbuster shut down and we saw what Netflix was. Yeah, dude. Cause uh, I mean, it's, it's really similar to like the NHL W uh, WHL. Um, no WHA. Jesus. I'm sitting there like, what the fuck did I just say? Um, but it's kind of like the same thing. It was like they had, the NHL was just like, we're never going to merge with them. You know, we're, we're not going to allow players to come back from that. And <laughs> this, this is doing so good. And the NHL was smart, but um, that's, that's enough about that. Um, fuck. What was I going to say about blockbuster? So tight. Um, 
Nah, dude, that place was just legit. It really was. Um, I miss it. It had such a distinct smell of just plastic. <laughs> just smelled of plastic. <laughs> like, dude, I remember I would just sit, like, kids would just sit in the game aisles. And you just like look up and down, you know, because there's just so many games and gaming was becoming so big at my age group. It was just becoming so advanced. You know, there was just so many great games that came out and just remember spending like $10 and I'd have like four games. Like, Wouldn't that be nice spending $10 on a game instead yeah. of like $110? Oh, okay. I remember what I was going through. I remember when Netflix first came around. And we'll move on after this. Um, I remember you could only, you could rent, but you had to wait for your disc to come in. It was before the streaming and shit. And I, <laughs> I rented um, Hard Day's Night by the Beatles, the movie, because it's a fucking classic. Um, and I still fucking have it. I've had it for like... <laughs> oh, you I've just had, stole it. I've had it for like 16 years. <laughs> I found it the other day. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> it's in like the old school like before like Redbox had like their cool boxes and shit it was like they were sending this disc in the mail and hoping that nothing would happen to it because it was just in like a, a, an envelope like the size of a of a, uh, of a disc you know like it was just no a little red envelope yeah dude because uh, I remember there was a trend and people like actually sent these back yeah yeah uh, like you why would, get, would like, you a, ever send you'd it get back? a late notice um but then you could easily be like, hey, I mean, I sent it. You know, maybe you just haven't received it yet, shit like that. But um, I remember it used to come in this white, you know, the white and red um, fucking, Jesus, Corey. It would just come in like this envelope that like ripped open and then there was the disc. And it was a hot trend when I was in school for art. You would like fucking paint up the Netflix thing and send it back to them. And there was this thread on Reddit and, you know, Instagram and Twitter and shit of like all the ones that, that that was sent back to Netflix and people would like people that worked there would take pictures and like post it. It's fucking cool. That's awesome. Yeah, so like we were like tagging and fucking writing up all over the fucking Netflix uh, <laughs> movie slots, you know? It was sick. And now they're just like another evil massive corporation. Yeah. But I like them. <laughs> I, 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 I pay for it. <laughs> That's awesome. I wonder what you could get on like ebay for like a netflix like original netflix disc slash envelope some some moron would pay like a solid like 50 bucks for that right hey man that that's a game that's monetary gain <laughs> stocks Oh, well. um, but anyway moving yeah, on to uh, something we're actually somewhat knowledgeable about <laughs> Um, hockey uh so i want to discuss some comments made from josh anderson and in regards to and it's very small because like we said not a lot's happened in the haps community um we've had some media members talking about montreal lately brian burke has repeatedly praised montreal the last few days as long as as well as pierre mcguire and a bunch of other notable um sports personalities not isha brian not isha jerome <laughs> not uh, not our boss our boss was considerably upset with uh you know how we spanked the vancouver canucks 
he's come, living on the Van, on Vancouver Island. You know, we got to feel a little bit bad for him, though. That Vancouver team's pretty shit. But, you know, fuck you, Isha. Um, Habs win. So he can suck on that. But, yeah, Brian Burke actually came out and said, I don't know if you saw this, Corey, um, that he basically he thought uh, Jeff Petrie could end with the most points in the North Division this year for a defenseman. And on top of that, he also said he thinks Montreal has the best goalie tandem in the league. <laughs> and Pierre Maguire, while I do think Pierre Maguire is a fucking horrible anal- like comment play-by-play like color mm-hmm. guy um i'll respect his hockey mind a little bit he did say and agree with brian burke that montreal has the best tandem in the league so this seems to be a growing sentiment among knowledgeable hockey guys that uh we have a pretty strong tandem i don't know if i'd go as far to say we have the best tandem in the league yet but it's definitely um promising to see such uh, high profile guys talking about montreal this way it's been a while <laughs> yeah that's what i mean it's usually negative when they talk about montreal uh-huh like getting scored on 10 times by columbus or fucking you know an eight game skid but uh no i did see that and just makes you makes you happy you know makes it like you just feel good for the boys because it's like their hard work's paying off and like recognition it's only two weeks but it's, it's got to be great to hear that as a player of a team that's just been trying to find their wheels for so long, you know, and bounce back. And what a, what a great six games we've had so far. And tonight's going to be amazing. Uh, I'm so happy that I'm remembering that we're supposed to speak in the in the future. No, we'll just hit tomorrow. They know we record a day. <laughs> they know we record a day ahead. There's no fucking – Yes, we get up at actually we get up at three in the morning, um, record this for an hour and then edit it and then release it at like eight. They'd be fucking pissed off at us, but yeah, let's get to. Could Josh you imagine, Anderson, dude? They'd be upset beyond belief. Uh, <laughs> by they, he means um, Isha Isha Jerome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Josh Anderson, um, talking to John Liu or speaking to John Liu, um quoted with saying just after his first time it was his first time in the bell center dressing room um he just said he was in awe walking around for about 10 minutes to just kind of take in all the hall of fame players pictures history and the stanley cups quote it kind of takes your breath away and i just love that like montreal a lot of people make fun of us they joke with us 93 oh, you only won those cups when there were six teams, blah, 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 post-expansion, yada, 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 but or pre-expansion, sorry. But it's clear, and I think it's definitely becoming – it's always been clear to me, but it's definitely becoming more clear to, I think, just Habs, hockey, uh, the hockey community as a whole that players still hold our organization in very high regards. And as they should, like the, the CH still carries a lot of weight, garners a lot of respect. And it's just great to see a guy that really understands what playing for Montreal means, uh, what the CH stands for and what he's representing, like the history that is 
with that goes with our crest with our team is just huge and i just love to see that josh anderson is basking in it and clearly respects it yeah i think my favorite part about it was uh just the part where he was talking about it just took him so long he was just staring at all the hall of famers and legends that have played here and just looking at all the photos it's just it's got to be cool to know like as a fan that's it, it's amazing but just thinking as a player like like uh how long this you know this this club has been around it's got it's got a I'm, I'm expecting Josh Anderson to have a great game <laughs> like you know like oh, yeah. to bask in the fucking ambience you know to just to see to like he said you know it's like I've, I've played here before as a visitor but like to to come in as you know be respected as the home teamer is 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 a different you know it's a different dragon it's it's something completely new and he's i'm like you're saying i'm loving that he's fallen in love with the with it in 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 itself and um uh claude julian said something also that was pretty cool uh so he let the first off we haven't the players haven't played a game there since march 10th of last year i think it was against the predators um but they didn't want their first skate for all these new guys, Allen, Toffoli, Anderson, Perry, Edmondson, Romanov, all of them to be Thursday. So uh, they let them go in early. Uh, they wanted them to see the lockers. And that's where this Anderson bit came from is, you know, like they got to go in, see their spots in the dressing room, let them skate. Um, Cause he said, Julian said, uh, it was important to be here and also gave them a good idea of their environment. But um, I didn't want him. I didn't want them to come here for the first time on Thursday night before the game. So Which he got sense. Right. So it's like these guys can come in, get comfortable, you know, like let all this, this new surroundings not be so heavy day one, you know, on game day, which I think is awesome. It's respectful. It gives them a chance like Anderson to, to take a moment to look around, you know, to, to bask in it, to, you know, fall in love or what, you know, just to have respect. Uh, I think that was a great idea. Yeah, I know. And what, like, we're six games in. I think um, a lot of things can certainly change as the year, as the year progresses, as the years progress, as most trades do. And I think, you know, where I'm getting at, but, how awesome does this trade look in the first six games? <laughs> it looks so fucking good. I'm we working got, on a meme right now. <laughs> oh, we got like think about how much heat we took, and people still give us heat for the five point five million. Like, if Josh Anderson can continue to play the way he is right now, I don't know if five like. It almost feels like paying a player their worth is deemed overpaying now, which I don't understand because not every guy's going to take a team-friendly contract. It's just the way it is. Some guys want to get paid what they're worth. And I think if Josh Anderson can continue to produce the way he has and continue to play with the physicality, with the speed, with the edge that he has provided for us in these first six games... 5.5 million and Max Domi seem like a pretty fair price to pay. And I think we got away pretty good. And, you know, maybe some people disagree with me, but I am loving this deal so far. It still stings, but like, 
to see the to see the both right now to look at what's going on with Max Domi and Columbus and just see why Columbus is having so many problems and we're going to get into that trade in a bit um and to just think that like I feel bad that Domi chose to go there instead of staying with us but like at the same time what we got back in return is way better than Max Domi you think Domi chose to go there I think he chose the money. You know, I think Max Domi? Yeah. I, I I don't think anybody's true unless you're from Ohio is to play for Columbus, but I mean I'm sure he was thinking with a pocketbook and not necessarily so much I don't know. You think he was just so desperate to leave Julian and Montreal? I don't think that Domi I don't anything? think Domi wanted to leave Montreal at all. Domi, I think it's my like strong belief that Domi loved playing for Montreal. I just think that guy, like, as much as Domi struggled defensively for us, and you know he had his ups and downs here. I think that guy repped the Blue Blanc et Rouge with as much pride as anyone in his tenure in Montreal. I really do. I think Max Domi, I'll give him credit. Max Domi understood what it meant to be a Montreal Canadian. There was never a game 100% or a shift where I thought Max Domi took it off. That guy gave everything while wearing a Montreal Canadiens uniform. Bad, good, whatever. He was giving it. And like for that, I have tremendous amount of respect for Max Domi. On the other side of that argument, it wasn't going to work. We already have a, for lack of a better term, tenuous situation with our current number one center in Philip Deneau, arguably number two now. And to add Domi onto the pile for center minutes was, especially with the emergence of Jake Evans, it wasn't going to happen. I think he became the obvious looking back now. It's so obvious that, like, clearly Mark Bergman's just so much smarter than us because look back at that roster, like, who we had and who you would trade. I would 100% trade Domi now in hindsight. Like, I could not think of moving anyone else. So I think realistically, like, I still hate that we added the third-round pick, but you look at the situation Domi had with Julian, you look at the situation he's having with Tortorella. And I don't think Domi's a bad locker room guy. I don't, I just clearly there's something there. Um, I feel like he just fights for his team. Like he seems like a guy that's not going to allow the team not, and not just himself. Cause it, it, he seems like he's not going to take shit from anybody, but like, I feel like he, he's the type of guy that's going to stand up for the team, no matter if it gets him in trouble. And that probably well, John Tortorella is not going to take that. Not going to fucking take it, but he just seems like he was going to go to bat for everybody. No, I 100% agree. 100% why I didn't want him to leave. Like, how do you get rid of someone who is going to be there for every bad hit? You know, he was just there. Um, Yeah. And that's what I mean. He understood what wearing that sweater means. 100% 100% I agree with you. Tough, but uh, this Anderson trade looks insane. In fact, I think it was like game two. 
uh, Anderson drove the net like a fucking workhorse. And um, every game, you cannot <laughs> knock him off the puck. And it made me think, I was like, I think this is why he gets injured is because you can't knock him off the puck. And he's so fucking stubborn to get it, you know, in front of the net to help or try to, to, to force a goal in is that he will literally destroy his body for a goal, for a chance. And like every, every time he does it now, I get fucking nervous because you can't knock him off the puck. So that means you are pushing, you're pushing this fucking mule at the goalpost and he's just going to deflect off of it. You know, like it's Josh Anderson, but it's just like, you can't knock him off. So you can't steer him away from crashing the net, you know? So like, I'm afraid Honestly, he's just going to blow it. himself out. Oh no, I love it too. It doesn't mean I'm not afraid because it's like, dude, no one can knock him off. I think. And he's fast as fuck. I think if you're constantly worried about injuries with every player, especially in a sport like hockey. Just Josh Anderson. Yeah, you're just going to be stressed though. I think with Josh Anderson, I could look negatively and say, oh, his play style might get him injured. And maybe it will. I think there is a greater chance of that. But. I'm also going to look at guys like Ryan Getzlaff, who played that exact same game, less speed, granted, but power forwards who have dominated. And Ryan Getzlaff is probably going to be a Hall of Famer, am I right? Like, yeah, I don't think I that's, could see it. Don't think that's really out of the realm of reason. Um, guy like Jamie Ben, probably not a Hall of Famer, but <laughs> an All Star, a Art Ross winning an Art Ross Trophy winner, a multi, actually multi-time All-Star, a just phenomenal player, a captain, a Stanley Cup finalist. Like There are a bunch of guys who I think in the modern era have played that style and have played it for a very long time. So that's kind of the, optimist, like the optimistic way of looking at it that I have, especially mm-hmm. paired with the fact that I think because of his speed in his hands, I think Josh Anderson can adapt his game. If he starts being not able to take the beating as much, I think especially it's looking like him, Drew, and Suzuki are going to be together on a line for a while. That is a that is a line that can just there's so much skill, so much talent. I think they can beat you a bunch of different ways. But I will say I do think the insertion of Josh Anderson is just proof as to what a power forward can do to two for two very skilled players in terms of opening up ice and opening up opportunities. Because we talk a lot about how fucking amazing Nick Suzuki has looked, but can we please talk about how awesome Jonathan Drouin has played to start this season? I love like every, every game. It seems I'm tweeting, like I don't want to hear anybody talk shit about him because he is like fitting in so well. And I remember one of the first times you had me on as a guest uh, when you first started. And I was just like, Drew Ann's just a, a hot shot, thinks that he, you know, when he came in, he, he was going to be the number one guy. And it just didn't work for him. This dude found a rhythm with this team and has just been playing unreal hockey. And I don't know how anybody can have a bad word to say about him with his play as of late. And then followed by that sick, silky ass goal. Uh, now, I want, I want to ask you a question. 
do you know, like, have you looked at stats recently? For him, I, I did talk to um, the rig, I think, yeah, the rig rat, our buddy Farrell's, uh I went on his podcast the other day, brought him up briefly, I believe. So I just, do you know how many, if you had to guess how many points he has? Well, I know one game he had two points just from that game. So, um, I, I five five points maybe five point a game. He's got six. My God, I don't think anyone. My really guy. like like what a great like that is a great start to the year. Obviously, it's six games in, but it's a shortened season. That's a significant amount of time. And I don't know. I just I love the way he has played and the start we saw last year, he started the season so fucking well. And then he got hurt and we saw him in the playoffs playing phenomenally. I'm starting to think this might be the real Jonathan drew that we traded for. <laughs> like he's good. He's legitimately good. Hell yeah. Um, Fuck, it, it was, what, game one, I think he had the three-point night, uh, three assists, but he's playing unreal. I love what you're saying about it, though. Uh, I think he's finally found his rhythm with this team, and I couldn't ask for anything better for Jonathan Duran right now, considering I was the same person that was like, he is easily the person to get rid of instead of Max Domi, or like if we <laughs> were looking for anything, why is Jonathan Duran not being looked at? You know, I feel like his market value would be pretty fi- pretty fire. He's 25 years old. Um, he was third overall, you know, like his stock should be still relatively good. But no, um, there's not a person on this team right now that I'm not impressed with. And Drew Ann has got to get a lot of praise just because of how people treat him here. You know, he gets treated like what Toronto does to um, – what was it Jake Gardner, you know, before he left, like, like Duran was like an easy target for like, Oh, we had a bad night. Let's look at what Jonathan Drouin left on the table for us tonight. You know? Yeah. So, and we can talk about what he's done offensively, but I almost think that's not the biggest part of his game. I've noticed because he's done it quietly. He's played well defensively too. And Jonathan Drouin will never, ever, ever be considered an elite defender far from it i don't think he will ever be considered a good defender but an an average or above average defender is a vast improvement from what we've seen the last few years and he's got the tools and what i loved this quote from ray ferraro in the middle of the game or no it wasn't ray for was it Ray? i think it might have been dave poolin someone can correct me if i'm wrong said if you've got the tools to be a good offensive player, you've got the hand-eye, you've got the stick coordination, you've got the speed, you can be a really good defender. And it makes sense, right? If you're good with your stick, you can break out plays. I've seen Druen do a lot of that this year. And I don't think it's a fluke. I think it's something he's worked on. He just seems calmer. I think maybe the insertion of more talent, the emergence of Nick Suzuki as our star, Jesperi Kakinami as our star. Um, even I want to say Petrie as one of our stars, I think has really taken a lot of pressure off of him as opposed to the environment he joined us in where 
this guy was supposed to be our savior, our francophone savior at center mm-hmm. when he is a winger. <laughs> like, it's just, I think the pressure got to him. And let's be honest, he didn't even play that bad. His 53 points, 81 games, his second year in Montreal, pretty darn good. Like, it's not, it's not all-star, but it's close. 10 more points here, an all-star level player. Right. Um, I don't know. I'm just super impressed with Drew in this year. And like you said, I'm impressed with everybody, but I just want to give a lot of credit to him because I think he's going to still receive a lot of hate. And I think if anything, he deserves to just be praised because he's had a great six game start to the year. No, I'm not going to say that like, this is a big thing um, by all means. It's, it, it's, it's, it's not that big, but in the three games that he was kept off the board offensively, um, he found other ways to involve himself. Um, each one of those games, he's had at least one hit. And um, the shootout game against Vancouver, he also had a block shot as well. I mean, it's not the biggest stat in the world, but it's this guy's it's wanting stat. to play. Yeah. The guy's wanting to play. And if he's not having a night offensively, his line's struggling a little bit, he will play the body. He will, you know, take a risk, you know, throw his body out there, especially the game that we really needed it two hits and a block shot, you know, that could have, you know, we, we might not have got a point against Vancouver, you know, uh, the first game. So it's, it's small things like that. Like granted, it's not, you know, Nick Suzuki with like, you know, basically top and hits right now. Um, But I I think, I think it does justice. If you look at that, it's his three games. He didn't make an appearance uh, on the scoring board. He found another way to be efficient and utilized in the game no and i think that's actually like a phenomenal point too because in previous years if jonathan druen was kept off the score sheet he was kept out of the game you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like if he wasn't contributing offensively he just simply wasn't contributing and i think that's an issue we saw with max domi sometimes too obviously the hits were there but defensively he wasn't contributing um and to see these the block shot the hits um, I'd like to see takeaways too. I bet you there's a few there to see that he's contributing in other areas. It's not only good for the team, but I think it's good for himself as well. And his self-confidence because there's nothing worse than in any sport going out there and feeling like you're dead weight, especially when you're expected to be a contributor. And I can say, I can speak to that from personal experience as well. Like if you're going out there and you're supposed to be the guy, which on certain teams I have been before and you're not scoring or you're not making plays, you're kind of like, fuck, I'm letting the boys down. Right. Mm -hmm. So I just love that. I think that's a great point. And I think it's definitely something that's contributed to the sense of calmness. I think we've seen from him this year. Yeah, just to, just to help you with yours, he did have two takeaways so far this season, and one of them was very beneficial. Um, I'm, I'm not upset with his play. In fact, fantasy has been so kind to Montreal just because of the way we've been playing as of late. He was oh, like, so like a waiver wire pickup, like, you know, like in the top the top 20 people to pick up. It, he's just playing phenomenal right now, <laughs> um, and I, I couldn't be more happier for him. It's just awesome to think that Jonathan Drouin, who could have been a picky player, um, you know, someone's person to hate on has been playing a complete game along with everyone else on this team right now. 
and he definitely deserves praise because he is the easy target to pick on, you know, and he has done nothing but give his best out there as of late. You know, no more selfish hockey from Jonathan Drouin as of late. Yeah, definitely. No, he's just been phenomenal to say the least. And uh, unless you have anything else, we've actually we got some considerable hockey talking <laughs> today. I'm surprised, but I I really don't know how long we've been going for. We've um, been going for a bit. Um, I I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it to you to end it. I'm just gonna say this, okay? So for fans that gonna listen to this before game. What are we? Uh, what are we going into against this first Calgary game, and what are we going into as far as this Calgary team? I know that this is an aggressive team, had a lot of acquisitions, mainly from Vancouver. But uh, what are, what are we necessarily going into? Um, I think we're gonna come out hard. I think Montreal's gonna play fast as always, and I think we're gonna give it to them. But like you you mentioned, you alluded to much earlier, this team is coming off a four-game stretch that's like you said the all-star break and Calgary just came off a two-game series against Toronto that was hard fought and a good series so I think Calgary is probably going to come out the first period and give it to us maybe like uh that first period against Vancouver came out very high very high strong um just looked hungry and maybe we might be a little lax just because we've had such a long break in between and then playing Toronto. I mean, regardless of the score, you always want to bust Toronto's ass. So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing Calgary, like I said, they're kind of a, a heavy hitting team. Aren't going to be afraid to play like that against us as well, but this is a good opportunity to show that we can, we can give it back to them. Unlike Toronto. Um, Yeah. And I just want to like add on to that and say, uh, you know, tweet us at Habs nightly and predict who you think is going to score first on, well, tomorrow it'll be Thursday. It'll be game day when you guys are listening to this. Yeah. So tweet us at Habs nightly hashtag go Habs go, and then name the player you think is going to win. Once we hit 550 followers on Twitter, we're currently at 487. I believe we're going to be doing a giveaway. So whoever tweets us at Habs nightly, and then your prediction for who's going to score first will get an entry into this pool. And we're going to be giving away some Habs merch. I'll uh, probably release what we're giving away on Twitter. And uh, that way, you know, you can see it. You can get some visuals. And, yeah, it's just an ex- a little contest, kind of fun thing we want to do. We want to give back to you guys. So tweet us once again for the, like, fifth time at Habs Nightly. And whoever you think is going to score the first goal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And with that, that'll conclude today's episode. Thank you guys for listening, dropping by. It means a lot to us. And as always, I've been Mason Dixon with my co-host, Corey, and this has been Habs Night. Guys, have a great night. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.